Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So before I get into today's episode, let me apologize. My recording schedule of the jimmystable.com podcast has been a little erratic this month. I've had a lot going on. Um, and instead of my weekly podcast coming out on uh, every Sunday like it normally does, I've just been a little all over the place because I've been having a lot going on in my personal life. Um, and uh, on top of it, I've been on the road a bit. Um, so it's kind of taken me away from the ability to record uh, podcast and you know frankly but not gonna lie ever so slightly lazy about it <laughs> it's one of those things that while my podcast is very very important to me um when i have a lot of other things going on those things take precedent um so uh without further ado though i apologize let's go ahead and get into today's episode today is episode 175 of the jimmystable.com podcast and the question this week is simply should the church worship this Christmas Sunday morning? There's some controversy circulating this year as to whether or not churches should gather together for worship on Christmas Day. Because this Christmas Day just so happens to fall on Sunday, which doesn't happen every year. Uh, some churches have decided to meet, and some churches have decided, no, we're not going to meet. And so my simple question is, well, how should we think about this issue? Um, but before we get into the controversy about the church gathering together for worship on Christmas Sunday morning this year, I want to explore some of the controversial miracles of Jesus as sort of an overarching backdrop story for this particular topic, because I think it's kind of important to this topic. Yes, you heard me right, by the way. Believe it or not, some of the healing miracles that some, Jesus sometimes performed were controversial. It wasn't always exactly seen as kosher for Jesus to perform some of the miracles that Jesus performed, which, you know, when you sit there and think about it, when you say it out loud, that kind of sounds a little bizarre to say because, well, it's a miracle, and how could a miracle not be kosher? Because... God is in the God is the one who performs miracles, right? Right? Well, ultimately, you know, Jesus performed miracles sometimes on Sabbath days, and his performing of a miracle on Sabbath day was seen as controversial, as not in keeping with Jewish law and tradition, and ultimately became a contributing factor as to why the religious leaders of Jesus' day ultimately decided to arrest him and have him killed. If you study the Gospels, you'll find out that sometimes when Jesus performed these miracles on a, con on a Sabbath day, that the Jewish leaders got all upset because, well, they had this tradition, and not only a tradition, but a command from Moses himself and the Ten Commandments that thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy and that you shouldn't do any work on the Sabbath day. In fact, 
You shouldn't even allow your animals to work on the Sabbath day. The command from Moses forbid the working of any sort or doing anything that could be remotely construed as work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was to be kept holy at all cost. Um, and uh, you weren't even allowed to do something as simply warm up your food on a Sabbath day. All food preparation requirements had to take place the day before. Um, and the religious leaders of Jesus' day, you know, further said, well, what exactly did it mean for when Moses said, you know, you shouldn't work on the Sabbath, what does that mean? And so they sought in a very serious and studious manner to define the word work. Um, and they ultimately concluded things like you weren't allowed to take more than a certain number of steps in a day. Um, otherwise, if you took more than a certain number of steps in a day, you were considered to have broken the law regarding work. And they even got so minute in regard to the details of Sabbath keeping that they said, some of the leaders said, you weren't even allowed to drag a chair across the kitchen or the living room to sit down in on a Sabbath day because the Sabbath, you were not allowed to harvest or plant or plow or any sort of thing like that. And dragging a heavy chair across the room could disturb the ground that the chair was sitting on in such a way and to move enough of the earth underneath your feet or the dust on the, the ground, depending on what kind of ground you had in your living room or kitchen, uh, that the chair's moving of the dust and disturbing of the dirt could constitute the equivalent of plowing ground. And therefore, on the Sabbath, you weren't allowed to do such things because that would be considered work and that was forbidden. So when Jesus... Uh, you know, all of a sudden they started performing miracles on the Sabbath day. They were like, holy Moses, what are we going to do about this? And they concluded that, you know, as great as it is, Jesus, that you perform this miracle of healing, you know, at the end of the day, uh, healing should take place on the other six days of the week, Jesus. And you shouldn't heal people or do something miraculous on the Sabbath day because it's very important, Jesus, that we keep the Sabbath day holy, because any sort of thing, including the performing of a miracle, uh, could be considered work, and working on the Sabbath is a sin, and oh yeah, by the way, Moses commanded us that whoever violates the Sabbath should be killed, and it was a capital offense um, that you could receive as a result of punishment for failing to keep the Sabbath day holy, because this is what Moses had prescribed, uh, and it was some pretty serious business, to Jews back in those days. Um, so naturally, when Jesus performed this thing, the Jewish leaders were just like, um, well, you know, you probably shouldn't do that unless we're going to kill you. <laughs> um, to which, of course, you know, and that might sound bizarre to us who are a bit removed from that time period, but uh, it sounded bizarre to Jesus too. And Jesus was ultimately astonished at the blindness of the religious leaders of his day for their understanding of the Sabbath. He says of the religious leaders of those days that they got it all backwards. The Sabbath, Jesus taught, was ultimately created for man and not man for the Sabbath. That is, the religious tradition that God gave the Israelites through Moses, it's a good thing. And God meant it to be a blessing 
for the Jewish people. And he meant it to ultimately be a day that was to be for their healing and their liberation. And it is not, according to Jesus, a day in which men should be shackled. Because the Sabbath was created for man and not man for the Sabbath. It was a day that God gave them for life. And of course, there's nothing more life-giving than performing miracles on a Sabbath day. But, as people hell-bent on strictly adhering to the religious traditions and customs and laws of of Moses and, and the things that surrounded the laws of Moses, the leaders of Jesus' day, they just couldn't see it that way. To them, the Sabbath was an end unto itself. And any benefits to the day were ultimately secondary considerations to them. So now you might ask, Jimmy, why are you sharing this story about Jesus healing people on a Sabbath day? What has this anything to do whatsoever with whether or not the church should celebrate Christmas Day on Sunday morning together in worship as we traditionally normally do on Sunday mornings? Well... I bring this entire storyline up from the Gospels because I've noticed in the past few weeks, and especially in the the last week in particular, that there's been a lot of controversy and some pretty harsh things said about other churches and other people as to whether or not churches should gather together for worship this Sunday to celebrate Christmas just because it happens to fall on Christmas Day. Of course, some churches... They're open to the idea, and they want to gather together to worship, and some, they won't. Some churches have decided, hey, we're going to have Christmas service on Christmas Eve, and and we're going to do that as an alternative to Christmas Day, or some are just saying, hey, you know, nothing's going on this week. We're not doing anything special. You're getting all sort of things. You're getting churches who are deciding to meet this Sunday. You're having some who are... Um, having abridged services this Sunday. You're having some that are choosing to meet on Saturday and everything in between and all over the place and some that are choosing not to meet at all. But whatever the, the case, whatever the churches ultimately decide to do this Sunday, I want to tell you what the correct opinion is. And, and because you came to the jimmystable.com podcast, you're going to get the correct opinion on that. <laughs> My opinion is on this particular issue that whether a church chooses to meet this Sunday or not, or some variation in between, I say that's the correct answer. Yes, your church should do that, or your church should not do that. Whatever you and your church decide to do regarding, you know, the holding of services this Sunday for Christmas Day, I personally support your church and your decision on this controversial topic and what you choose to do. Let everybody decide for themselves what's best for them and their own congregations. Because frankly speaking, that's the biblical answer. (laughs) That's the biblical answer. There's nothing in the Bible that requires Christians to celebrate Christmas, nor is there anything in the Bible that even requires us to go to church every Sunday. All these things don't get me wrong, they're perfectly good practices. There's nothing wrong with, with any of these practices. They're perfectly good. And, and I, if you want to celebrate Christmas and you want to go to church every Sunday and, and you want to do both, that's fantastic. But if you don't, 
want to do church every Sunday and you don't want to go to church on Christmas Day or any of those sort of things, well, guess what? You're under no biblical obligation to, to do either of those things on any of those days. Because um, all these things, whether you choose to do them or not to do them, they're all perfectly good, reasonable things to practice. And at the end of the day, none of them are essential to Christianity or the life of the church. None of these traditions that we, that we practice and that we practice all across the globe as Christians, they aren't required of us anywhere in Scripture. And they aren't traditions that the apostles pass to us either. It's not something Jesus taught. It's not something the apostles taught. These traditions have all arisen long after the apostles died. So biblically speaking, whether you choose to do it or not, there is no biblical answer other than you have the choice to whether you want to do it or not. <laughs> that is the biblical answer. And whether your church chooses to do it or not, or some variation in between, guess what? That's the biblical answer. Do whatever it is that you want to do in regard to the observing of these days. Yet nevertheless, in spite of these traditions of, of church every Sunday and, and church on Christmas Day, um, here we are with a Christianity that celebrates the holiday and celebrates on Sunday, uh, frequently meeting together on Sunday mornings as something that's almost universally observed across the globe by just about every Christian in some variation. Should we do both together this year? Some in the church say that, yes, we should meet on Christmas Sunday this year. Uh, it's our tr religious tradition to do so. Uh, there are some people who only come to church at Christmas and Easter, so we should be open for them so that they could have an opportunity to hear the gospel, uh, to hear the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, uh, and to ultimately find the Lord and to become a greater connecting with our community. Um, and then there are others who say, you know, Christmas is great, uh, but Christmas is ultimately a time designed for me and my family to spend together. Um, and it's also unfair to those who are ministers in the church, for staff, for volunteers and whatnot, who frequently uh, sacrifice their families' lives for the sake of the church. Uh, so we should allow them the day off. Well, you know, both these answers are reasonable answers, and both of them are reasonable solutions, and all these practices are reasonable practices. Biblically speaking, both are equally as good. Whether or not the church gathers together to worship this Christmas Sunday, such is ultimately a decision they are free to make on their own and to do so without apology. I believe, according to the teachings of Romans 14 through the Apostle Paul, that we have liberty in Christ to be flexible regarding these things. Romans 14, Paul teaches that we're not supposed to pass judgment on each other over such things. Some people have faith, Paul says, that they can eat all things. Others have faith that they got to have a more limited diet. Some people, according to the Apostle Paul, says that they regard some days as especially holy, and others regard all days just as being the same. And Paul ultimately says in Romans 14, to each own, go do whatever you want to do, boo. Uh, if you want to have a special diet, you know, have that special diet without you know, worrying about others. And if you want to observe a day as specially holy, well, guess what? You get to observe that special day as holy. But whether or not you do it, he says, give thanks in all these things and don't go around passing judgment on people who observe it 
or don't observe whatever it is that you ultimately observe and believe you should. Whatever you choose to do, these are matters of Christian liberty. Do whatever you feel is best and be happy and thankful over whatever it is you choose to do. Do it unto the Lord and not casting judgment on others for not doing the exact same thing that you're doing this weekend. But here we are in 2022, gathered together, and people are doing the exact opposite. People are taking sides. They're drawing lines in the sand. They're taking shots at one another. And some have gone so far as to whether or not uh, you gather this Sunday on Christmas Day as being sort of an acid test as to whether you are really a Christian and whether your church is a really spiritual place or not. And I've seen some comments online with people going so far as to encourage other people uh, to leave their churches depending on how they respond to whether or not they should gather together this Sunday or not. And if you are doing that sort of thing and you're engaging in that sort of behavior and your church is engaging in that sort of behavior, can I just tell you that you're clearly violating the precepts and principles outlined in Scripture regarding Romans 14 and Christian liberty as to whether or not you should eat, whether or not you should observe a day as being special, uh, you know, you're violating that. You're passing judgment on others for whether or not they're choosing to do something that they have liberty in Christ to do. If this is you, guess what? Congratulations. You're also of the same shackled religion that the Jewish leaders that told Jesus it was a sin for him to heal on the Sabbath day. You failed to learn what it means when Jesus said that the Sabbath was created for man instead of man for the Sabbath. Instead, you are interested in shackling other people to your crippled practices and your backwards way of looking at the things of God. Your religion isn't a life-giving thing. Instead, you are perpetuating death wherever it exists. It, you have a religion that would rather tell men to go get their healing on six other days of the week. Whatever you're coming down on this particular issue if you're using it as an acid test as to whether something is of God or not, <laughs> or if somebody is of God or not, or the church is of God or not. Don't go around passing harsh judgments on people, folk. But don't at the same time, you know, be doing this sort of Jewish thing uh, that Jesus was really concerned about because that's not a very Christian mindset at the end of the day. And you know what's particularly gruesome about this mindset that is embroiled in these controversies and passing harsh judgments over people as to whether or not they observe a special day as holy or not, um, and whether they're choosing to get together as a church or not. The thing that's particularly gruesome is, you know, at least the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day had a reasonable biblical argument. You know, God had commanded Moses that the Jews were to strictly observe the Sabbath day and that under penalty of death, if they violated the Sabbath day and failed to keep it holy, you know, then they could die for such a thing. Whereas today, <laughs> we have no such command regarding Sabbath day observation, let alone how to handle Christmas day celebrations that happen to fall on a Sunday. So, when you're getting all upset under these things, understand you're getting upset over something that God has been entirely silent about. And you're passing judgments on other people for observing or not observing things that you consider sacred or not sacred. Don't be those people. 
Don't be these people who are committed with a religious-like fervor to some day as if it is something special. When in the eyes of God, the only thing that makes it special is whether you're going to turn it into a life-giving thing that allows for blind men to see and crippled men to walk and the dead to live again. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day failed to understand this in regard to the law of Moses and the Sabbath. They failed to understand the spirit of the thing about which God had given them. They were obsessed with observing the day as an end unto itself instead of understanding what the day had been given for. And we don't need our own peculiar religious traditions and laws and things that were invented after the creation of the New Testament and the faith once and for all handed down to the saints. We don't need these sort of things to become the basis for which we judge other men and their sense of spirituality and whether or not they are walking in the actual ways of Jesus and the teachings of his apostles. Because when we start to do these things, we actually depart from the very things that Jesus and his apostles taught. So, in closing, this Christmas Sunday, whether or not your church is gathering for worship, or shutting everything down, or something in between, and whether or not you're participating in what your church is doing or not, all I can say is, you know, good for you. I hope whatever you do, you have a fantastic time just the same and that God celebrates your Christmas celebrations with you and that you, whether you do them or not, (laughs) if you observe the day as holy, you know, observe it unto the Lord and the Lord will be with you in what you're observing and you'll have a blessed time. And if you choose not to celebrate, well, guess what? God's going to be with you just the same and rejoice in that however you choose to celebrate. But whatever you do, do as it unto the Lord and don't pass judgment on those who don't adhere to the same practices you do. And let your religious traditions, whatever they are, ultimately be a thing that can be a life-giving thing that ultimately celebrates Jesus making men whole. So everybody, Merry Christmas. This has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, episode 175, Should the Church Worship on This Christmas Sunday. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have, be sure to share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, send it to your pastor, let him know what you really think. (laughs) And of course, let me have your opinion. Email me, jimmy at jimmy'sTable.com. If you have not had a chance to give a review of this podcast yet, you can do so in places like Apple and Spotify. Go leave your glowing, celebratory, five-star review of this podcast. Consider it your gift to me at this holiday season. And if you haven't subscribed to the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast just yet, go to Jimmy'sTable.com slash subscribe, and you can find your favorite way to subscribe to this podcast, whatever that way ultimately is. And however you choose to subscribe to this podcast, do it, do as it 
do it as unto the Lord. <laughs> Whether it's through Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or even old-fashioned newsletters, Jesus will be pleased with however you choose to subscribe to this podcast. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.